0: I mean, there we go. Good morning, motivators. Dr. Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation podcast. It is uh, 3 August 2021. That would be the format that was utilized in the military, in the Marine Corps. That's how we recorded our dates, and I've been in the practice of it ever since. Especially when you write it, let's say, an email. I send my day sheets for all the... My patient visits per day. An email attachment, I always title it... Day Sheet, comma, 3 August, 3 AUG, 2021. Got a nice little separation between the numbers and the letters there. So, anyway... A little bit of useless information that... uh, share with you this morning, so it's a good morning so far, you know, I slept like a fucking log, I'll tell you that, Uh, didn't get in and eat dinner until 9 o'clock last night, so just plum tuckered out, I hit the rack, finished up uh, the 15 minutes I had remaining in my new Netflix show, Sweet Tooth, that I do recommend to you, very nice old tale about this hybrid human-animal boy and his uh, large African-American NFL superstar turned bounty hunter, thug, plague survivor, post-apocalyptic hero. So these two are on the hero's journey, this little boy hybrid is trying to uh, find his mother, and so, it needs to travel, and it's the roads are freaking dangerous out there. You know, there's people that are associating these hybrid children, human animals, uh, chimeras, is that the proper term? Chimera. Chimera. C-H-I-M-E-R-A. Associating them with this plague, and so call it the plague, because I don't want to use the term pandemic, of course, which we are dealing with. So, probably, ins- no doubt, inspired by um, our current event of the viral pandemic. Anyway, so that's kind of a bummer. Nobody ever wanted, that, since that's a daily news friggin' item, it'd be nice not to have to watch shows that have to do with plagues, but... Uh, Strangely enough, it's tolerable. It's pretty good. And the story between these, uh, you know, involving these two unassuming um, companions. It's pretty good. I don't want to ruin it for you, but I just finished episode two last night. And I'm encouraging the family to catch up. So that we can all watch his show together or at least talk about it. So that's good. I slept my ass in this morning. That's why that's a good happy ending. Cause though I was exhausted, I, I was able to sleep in till about eight thirty, something like that. Woke up, went down, had a cup of coffee, not got a little paperwork. Uh then I had I received an email, uh a little exchange that uh my my boss at my um teaching gig. Very nice. I asked her if we happened to have a geologist on staff at Gwinnemercy University so that we could positively identify my artifact that I found on a dog walk friggin' along a creek as a, a meteor. Was this a meteor? Is this a meteor? So, she responded and said, no, we don't have a geologist but uh, one of our fellow professors' husband is a geologist. Sounds like he works in soil geology. So I have stated this before. There, uh, Even though there might be a hard science like geology, what does that mean in the day-to-day? What kind of employment can you find as a geologist? A lot of times it has to do with water purity and um, development. Like if you wanted to... Uh, Again, I'll just use this example because I've known people who've done it. It's one of my favorite restaurants uh, in New Jersey. It's called Icara. It's out in Yardville, New Jersey. It's a great little uh, family-owned Italian restaurant. And it's delicious. So they uh, bought a, a former automobile garage, a gas station, and they turned it into a restaurant. Nice little piece of real estate right in the center of town, it used to be a gas station, how, okay, we can build on it if we test the test the ground to make sure that it's not polluted, you know, whoever owned the property had to remediate the soil, or somebody had to do that, right, because we don't want pollution, thank goodness there's some kind of regulation, so not into pollution, so let's test the ground, so you hire a a firm that would come in, and there would be a geologist involved, and they would do, they would drill, have a drilling apparatus, and be able to analyze the soil quality, and if there's any pollution in there, right, so that's, that's what I know, and then for a larger site, I mean, it could be a super fun site, it could be, uh, you know, some, uh, a piece of real estate, vast expanse of land that, was formally used for some industrial purpose, and now we want to turn it into a park, or we want to turn it into a a housing development. Well, gotta do the proper, take all the proper precautions so that you you can uh, actually do that, develop it. So all that to say, uh, she forwarded a picture of the meteorite that I sent to my boss forwarded to uh, Dr. Latini whose husband is a geologist and he said paraphrasing now it resembles every specimen every image of a meteorite that he's ever seen and it could very well be a meteorite Um, there is a Pennsylvania has a state geologist if you would like to pursue it further it's like, okay. So I'm getting a lot of, um, you know, people don't want to, like, hey, you know I can't come see it. Like, people aren't necessarily in, so interested. Now, it's possible that there are just countless meteorites on the face of the earth, but they're sufficiently rare. I looked up this morning, got a really good science uh, scientific article about identifying meteorites and what is things that kind of look like meteors that aren't. And how to test them. and uh, So I think I could have found a meteorite. I know I've told you guys this many times. And I'm uh, intermittently excited about it. And then I kind of, it fades away a little bit. But I am interested in this whole thing. This journey. This um, adventure in trying to determine the nature of this this artifact. Is it a priceless meteorite? that arrive from an alien world, and little old me with my dogs just trying to get some uh, recreation out there along this this creek bed as I'm walking and I'm looking for cool things like my rock sandwich, you may have seen, like my uh, Paleolithic cleaver that I also found. I mean, is it my imagination? Is it my imagination that... uh, is running wild or could this because that's not a paleolithic cleaver it's like a piece of shale right that happened to be shaped like a knife so I put a little rope around what I considered the handle and made it into this thing and so I put it on, I call it my moss garden where I got this moss also phony I got this from Hobby Lobby which I probably won't return to. Because Hobby Lobby, you know, I've known that they... Not to do this aside. But I got... I have to now. So... I got this little piece of batting. It's like the same consistency of... Batting, which is a white material that you would get. Let's say you wanted to make a pillow well, you would get like some stuffing, which is all, it's all plastic, like plastic that's probably shot through a nozzle and made into this fluff. It's like a cotton candy consistency. And I'm going to blow doors on all these fucking dopes real quick. Watch this. Jeep life. Guy with a gigantic fucking the new Jeep with pussy ass tires on it a bike rack doing about 45 miles an hour nice $70,000 vehicle that you'll never take off road not that you need to, it's your business just my opinion Um, I had a Jeep, it was a freaking it was a, a Jeep Wrangler Sport had 33 inch tires on it it was a utilitarian vehicle, all right, so it was a friggin' workhorse. It was something you take could take off-road, and even I didn't do that so often, but it had some friggin' big knob tires on it. It had, damn, i drive around with the windows off, the, the roof off. It's a real man's Jeep, none of this friggin' $70,000 SUV, bullshit, so, um, okay, so, allow me to express myself again, regarding this batting that's, uh, it's, it's like painted as if it's moss, and it's got these little bumps on it and stuff, It, it really looks like moss, so I laid it down in my office by the window, and I call it the Moss Garden. It's my little show and tell area. So I had a patient who found rocks and then she painted them, you know, with different. She painted them in different ways, and they're beautiful. And she thought uh, she wrote a little thing about trees because she knows I'm into wood and woodwork. So she wrote this poem on there. She's very inspiring. She's like in her 80s. This is a woman who did a keg stand when the Eagles won a uh, Super Bowl. The family held her upside down in a keg stand. <laughs> So, um, it's Philadelphia, pure Philadelphia, literally, I mean, she was born and raised in Philly, I believe, and raised her family down there, Then moved up to the suburbs later, later in life. So the moss, I'm going to fucking smash this motherfucker down. Passes this friggin' 18-wheeler... ...going about two miles an hour... ...um... ...I don't need another ticket though... ...gotta take it easy... ...so I got this batting... ...I thought it was an interesting creative material... ...I picked it up for like 12 bucks... ...from Hobby Lobby... ...which we used to go to... Uh, ...our extended family... ...the Warbursts... ...we would go there and meet on a Saturday... ...during the, re- the year or whatever go in and do some shopping and just fuck around. It's a nice spot, you know. I like their crafts, I like their setup, I like their proximity. I like everything about I like everything about Hobby Lobby. I just don't need their philosophy. You know, like if you're the owner of a business and you have your opinions, well that's fine. I don't care what church you go to or what you really believe as long as you don't try to superimpose it on the consumer because I don't like my craft arts and craft materials I don't care for it with a uh, heaping dose of friggin sauce of um, of your philosophy so they it bro- they did something not too long ago, a month or so ago, that was like, um, had all these Bible quotes on it, and, um, it was like a commentary on, it was a political commentary, politico-religious commentary on current events, I don't know whether it was same-sex marriage or whatever it was, you know, it was trying to... Influence people, and like, why do that? I just feel like you know, if you want to influence, if you want to do good, good work, and you know, provide a good product, and make a you know, make a good living out of it, and you want to employ a bunch of people nationwide, and you want to you know be successful in business and in life. Well, that's fine, but you can separate the two. Like, you don't need to. We don't need to go to church with you in order to buy a fucking moss garden roll of that shit from your from your uh, business, right? Because if that's the case, I just I would rather not. I'll go to another store. I'm not that type of guy like I don't really care a like Chick-fil-A, I know they're very nice. They've got their Christian mission. They're not open on Sundays. You know, good for you. We're taking that stand. I think it's important to have that your weekends, you know, give your employees their weekends off, but that is when most people want to buy fast food and when they have time to do it. So you're eliminating an entire full day of production and the opportunity to sell people your products or services. So it it strikes me as odd, maybe sufficiently odd for their food not to taste as, as good as it might if they would just leave us the fuck alone and let us buy a chicken sandwich. Um, so I don't really understand why business owners, you know, are so can so arrogant as to assume that their patrons have to, um, you know, that, that, that we want to know. We don't just want to buy your chicken sandwich. We also would like to know what your philosophy is. And if you're listening to this little podcast and you're saying, well, I don't necessarily want to hear, um, you know, how you feel about this or that, you know, you're rambling on about these current events, you know, I don't share your opinion, well, then don't fucking listen, all right, but when you come to my office and your back hurts, I don't care if you're black or white or Christian or Muslim, I really don't care, I'm trying to help you as a human being. And, and care for you. And that's completely secular. The care that I render is secular. So what that take that to mean that I don't really have I just I have no agenda. I have nothing to indoctrinate you with. I just want to help you feel better. And then whatever you want to do with that pain free life now go ahead and do it. Don't need you know to you know carry my wisdom away from your office. Right. Carry my wisdom away from the office. So hopefully I'm able to. So I have this time and you hear my friggin' five point seven liter seven liter roaring, and I'm gonna blow this guy's doors off too. Freaking little Ford Bronco. Um, you hear my engine roaring and my little uh, meanderings about traffic and such because I'm heading over to New Jersey I've got one of my Tuesday voyages here an adventure I'm going to see one of my oldest and best friends in fact he was the best man in our wedding. His name is John Manna. And John Manna is a salt of the earth. fucking Pine baron's treasure. He's one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. I'm going to say he is the coolest person. Not like he's the cool. You know, he's cool. No, he's cool. He's like... He, he he does his thing he lives his life he's got his lifestyle it's barbecue beer um, long flowing beard uh, calm at least on the surface he's he's been a friend for a very long time and if you reference some of my older podcasts, talk about the making of Dr. Drill. You know, he was he was the leader of our crew. He was probably the oldest, among the oldest in our New Jersey crew. So, um, he would drive us. He got his license first, and then he had this really cool um, 70, 78 or something like that, late 70s blazer with a roll bar and a convertible and all this stuff that it was cool it was a real boxy, tough you know, maybe 33 inch tires, jacked up a little bit you know, like brownish rusty color, white interior, leather surfboards hanging out of this fucking thing we would stack our, our longboards and surfboards and bodyboards and wetsuits in this truck and we would ride to the beach. God, if we have pictures of that, that would be something worth framing. These gigantic, leashless longboards. I'm talking about um, you know, 8, 10, 12-foot longboards with gigantic skegs like shark skin, shark fins. And they're so heavy that if you bail on it, in other words, you fall off while you're surfing, this thing was going to catch an edge, go into the, into the ocean, plunge down five, six, eight feet, and then come back up like a rocket, like a torpedo. And if you were in the vicinity, it would knock your ass out. Um, you know, you, you could, It would fly up in the air, fall back down could fall on your head, it could kill you, so if you bailed, you would stay down. <laughs> so, um, you know, a big part of our heritage was uh, John Mana and his truck and his, uh, his attitude. He's the leader of our group, I would say. If you think about any any group of people, or any team, um, there's always people who stick out as, like, iconic around that, you know, they're leaders, and John is that, he's just a, a good guy, and, um, our gang, despite it, you know, having that kind of label, and, you know, we were, we were kind of like, Spicoli gang, like if you think about Fast Times at Ridgemont High we weren't like a sharks and jets gang, like we were looking for trouble, no we wanted to go out and freaking surf and we wanted to drink beer and we wanted to hang out and laugh and we didn't, we never hurt anybody man, we did a lot of good stuff and formed a lifelong bond that persists to this day So I haven't seen John in years, unfortunately these days, or fortunately, because we couldn't go on living like we had, you know, can't do that, can't live that lifestyle forever. But um, with that being a foundational thing for me, for us, it's something we'll remember forever. really had a tremendous crew. I've said this before, you know, it was a, I saw somebody online post, you know, on Facebook, post a, a little post that said, yeah, you know, this is to my, this is the greatest crew, the best crew there ever was. I think everybody feels like that about if you had, were fortunate to have some people you're really close with in high school or college or in the military, unit. You, know, you remember those people forever. And so I'm not taking anything away from anybody else, I'm just saying that this was very, very special, the bond between us, and so I'm going over to, to visit my friend John Manna, so that's what we always call Manna, which I, la- I learned when I moved out to Pennsylvania because there's a place called, um, a soup kitchen called Manna on Main Street, Manna means bread, so... Um, I don't know, John Brad, but anyway, we always called him Manna, and he was always where the action is. He, his house was, uh, was always kind of like the party house, and um, go hang out in the backyard, have a cake party, have friends and family over, and just everybody was... Everybody got along. It was wonderful. It was very special, and I had been... You kind of know, living out here in PA, I'm about two hours, exactly two hours, from where I grew up in uh, Forked River, New Jersey. So I would love to go over there and visit, but it's it's pretty far. You know, it's um, if I go over and I see the likes of Mana, it's going to be um, you know we'll hang out for a while, we'll talk, we'll catch up, and. You know, it, it, I could definitely while away the hours, a couple hours a day, you know, it would want to be in an overnight if we all got together and started reminiscing, probably shouldn't drive. So, um, you might remember me saying that a few, um, a few months ago, I had these shirts, this shirt design commissioned. One of my patients made this uh, shirt to commemorate uh, the loss of our of one of our gang members, my friend Z. Uh, so Z passed uh, around Christmas time. He basically drank himself to death, and he'd been doing that for. A couple decades, really, but pretty hard for the last decade. And countless phone conversations with my buddies, like, what are we going to do? How are we going to help? And it just didn't work, you know, at the end of the day. As they say, somebody has to want to get better, and the pull was too great, or the traumas were too great, or whatever it was, but... Z and I went together, went to, into the Marine Corps together, the whole story about me and how I became Dr. Drill started with me and Z getting into trouble, right, so, um, he passed, so I had these t-shirts made and sent countless text messages back and forth with my, my friends from Jersey, trying to get approval for the graphic. You know, is this sufficient? Does this represent us? And finally we settled on it and I had it printed. Got so in the back seat of my truck here I have 60 something t-shirts and a viper fish. that I carved with a chainsaw <laughs> with a fin that busted off so these guys are going to have to you know go through the trouble to repair that I want to give that to my buddy Jay he's got a little kind of a shore shop so maybe he'll hang that up there do some meager repairs to it and hang it on the shelf Little conversation piece so I got these t-shirts I'm going to give to my buddy John we're going to um, f- uh, fill the orders that have been placed which may be 20 or 30 orders shirts and then we're going to give the remainder um, you know we'll find other, p- other bodies for the remainder of them people that knew Z, people that knew our gang folks that would want one and their wife would want one and maybe their kids would want one it says original 609 uh, the original 609, that's, that's the area code for uh, South Jersey right? Or one of them and it says established 1989 because that was the year that Started. uh, I think it was my my the summer before my freshman year in high school. I believe. Yeah, that's correct because I graduated in '93. So I'm just going to meet my buddy John, same place I met my pal Aaron. Call. I gave her that uh, Jimmy Talon's, the owl. Met her at this place called, ironically, Jimmy's American Grill. It's in Fieldsboro, New Jersey. So it's nice. It's a nice little uh, restaurant, little bar and grill. It's right next to a place called uh, Mastori's Diner. Which is a famous diner that was on the TV Food Network um, at the height of their doing business. They can, let's say, on a weekend, they have a hundred or more staff between kitchen and waiters and waitresses and busser's and dishwashers and all that shit. So it's a big place, very successful, and it's awesome. Holy shit! There is that fucking right alongside 276. Holy shit! There is the fucking uh, tornado. I just passed that Faulkner uh, car dealership that the Toyota that the Toyota that the damn tornado went through, and I'm looking. It's all kinds of fucked up trees and stuff in its path. How crazy is that? You know, it seems like, talk about something so random. How many times have you been in a, that um, just happened last weekend, right? How many times have you been in a, uh, you know, sitting at home in a tornado warning or there's supposed to be bad storms tomorrow and everybody's like, okay, it's going to rain then. even if there's a tornado warning, it gives you pause, you know, has you look at your schedule and see, okay, where am I going to be when this happens? Am I going to be at work? Am I going to be home? You know, what is the likelihood that this is really going to be a problem for me? And usually it's not, right? Most often it's not a problem. It's not, uh, an imminent, doesn't equate to imminent danger, but, uh, damn, fucked up that car dealership, I'll tell you that, we'll take a closer look at that when I'm on the uh, westbound lane, coming back across to PA, so so that's my mission for today, 33 minutes into this uh, conversation. That's what I got going on. I hope this isn't a cop behind me. Little SUV trying to be covert operator. I'll just get out of his way just in case. Um, So it's an interesting day. Fuck is that. it's an interesting day, it's a good day, I'm off, um, of course the time fills itself, I'm glad that I am able to link up with my friend and deliver these shirts, I should say finally that these t-shirts commissioned and approved by uh, by our gang, now we're going to distribute them, we're going to find people to wear them and probably sell them in my buddy's shop and the proceeds are going to go to my friend Z, his wife, his uh his daughter, so we're going to create a little trust for from um, for, for my buddy's daughter, our fallen comrade, she was unfortunate to uh, you know, be around while my friend was abusing himself, you know, for, for years, you know, so he really had a terrible problem. So, you know, we need to, however we can support her, we should, and we will. So, So there you have it, my friends, a couple, I'm a couple miles from the, uh, New Jersey border, it is the homeland, I had a patient come in yesterday who, uh, or on Friday, rather, who happened to be um, from the town of Barnegat, which is just you know five miles or whatever from where I grew up. So it's always to run across. It's always nice to run across people who who you have things in common with, and you share history with, especially as you get a little bit older. This fucking douche taking the sweet ass time in front of me. Slowing down. No need to slow down, Peterface. You're slow as shit, man. You get in the fast lane, make sure you're fast. Now you gotta merge back again. Cause you're a dope. So anyway, I'm on time. I got 15 minutes until I meet my buddy at Jimmy's American Grill, in Fieldsboro, New Jersey. Can't wait to see him. Try to take a little bit of a selfie. Uh, it's been a long time since he and I have been in the same uh, camera frame. So love and respect. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>